As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from the bunker, it's Sift Pop with the critic, the geek, and the girl, all ready to throw stuff across the room if they don't get their way. <laughs> it's you, the dog. Yeah. We saw the origin stories of uh, Gordon Ramsay. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little, little reference to Burnt. Uh, which we're going to be reviewing today. And Lady in the Water. We're going to be talking Lady in the Water as well, because we are joined by our friend Josh is the geek today. Da-da-da-da! What's up, Josh? Josh? Josh, did we lose you? Or should I say ladies? Oh, that was such a weird time. Okay, so I may, I did a, I did a bad thing. I pressed mute on my computer because I thought I heard an echo. Um, <laughs> that computer was your volume. So I literally just unclicked it. When you said, ladies. <laughs> should, we, should we start again? I'll start over. We're, hey, we're lady tr- and gentlemen. Or should I say, ladies? Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you Or actually, there. should I say, robots? <laughs> yeah, the technical issues this time are on Josh's end. Hopefully, they're not you know impacting what you're hearing. Uh, in the live stream and in the podcast, but Josh is hearing us as Daleks, apparently. <laughs> yes. What is a Dalek? Uh, exterminate! Exterminate! It's from Doctor Who. Oh. It's your favorite show. It's, it's yeah. actually like when he, it's really cool on some level. It's only not cool whatever you know. Um, I'm trying to listen to you guys and not be uh, terrified. <laughs> nice. But it's perfect for today, the day before Halloween, that I am terrified by your voices <laughs> sounding like robots coming through. The whole entire episode, you're going to hear everything through robot voices. Mm-hmm. And I wish you could record it so we could hear your version. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of a fun. It's You know what? It's a spooky Halloween episode. I'm going to be honest. I don't need to hear it. I'm just going to say I, I just trust that, you know, he's having that experience and he's the only one that needs to. What if it's not your computer? What if it's just your, like... Your ears from now on. That's My ears. How you hear the world. Uh, that will take some getting used to. <laughs> but would. I can do it. I yeah, can push through. Yeah, you could. Well, welcome to you, Josh. Uh, Josh, your YouTube channel is the Nether Region. You got anything else you want to promote here at the beginning with what you do? Um, um no. Okay. Good. Uh, maybe I'll think of something by the end. But yeah, the Nether Region um, is our is our channel. Um, and uh, I mean, I do all sorts of things, but that's the that's the most concise thing right now to say. Very good. <laughs> We're excited to uh, to talk the movie Burnt and uh, Lady in the Water, which stemmed from an argument that uh, Janae had last argument. time. You guys were you guys were upset. Like Josh, when you got Whatever. when you got off the podcast, she Whatever. was like throwing things around the room. Not true. She <laughs> dragged our trash can down to the end of the road and hit it with a baseball bat. Let's start I mean, off this uh, podcast. I was little... not angry because I was I was confident that everybody knew agreed with me. That's right. <laughs> so um, I was I knew we were in the right. Aaron, you just referenced something, and so like let's just take a quick story time. Sure. Can you explain to everybody why you just mentioned beating sure. up a trash can? So, as mentioned, we are down literally in our storm bunker at my house is where the studio is. And uh, we do a radio show live from here every morning uh, that's syndicated. And this morning, my wife was down hanging out with us a little bit in the morning. And she's like, is that thunder? And she goes to the door. And the next thing I hear is, quick, Aaron, come quick. You have to see this. Go upstairs. And our neighbor from probably five houses up the hill 
has dragged his trash bin down to the end of our road and is wailing on it with a baseball bat. Just like a baseball bat, <laughs> like straight up baseball, like beating this trash can. And that's what she heard so that she thought was thunder was our neighbor just like beating the snot out of his trash bin, which he then apparently abandoned, <laughs> walked back to his house and then some minutes later returned with his wife to retrieve this trash can- canister. Oh. How weird is that? Aaron's question to me when he came downstairs, which I did not understand at the time was how angry do you have to be? <laughs> to take a bat to a trash can and i was like what are you talking about and I, that stuck with me for days i'm like what would have to happen in my life for me to feel like that was the best expression of my energy my anger and my angst so <laughs> and then i just i mean like okay so you grab a bat and you go outside and you start wailing on something okay maybe but you drag it down. I mean, probably, I'm guessing 50 yards from his house. Yeah. Like, what is he trying not to wake his kids? Like, what is. Like, what is I have to go it's get a some aggression tantrum. out. <laughs> yes. Oh, I got to do. I got to let off some steam. I decided. 30, 50 yards away from my house. What is that movie where you're allowed to, like, one night. Like the culling or something where you can like go out. The and you surge. Can... Okay. Uh, no. The uh, purge. The purge. The purge. <laughs> the surge purge. Clearly, I haven't seen it. The You're surge. thinking of the movie about the caffeinated beverage. No, he's thinking. <laughs> yes. He's thinking of the surge because movie. we sound like robots. It's very. <laughs> right. So, so I was thinking. I was like, maybe what he does is he's a he allows <laughs> himself surge. one day a year. To just express his physical and like that was his one day. It's Ben beating day, everybody. <laughs> and they're all, they all go down and they watch him. You know, all right, Dad, get all your angst out. You maybe know? he thought there was candy in it. You know, maybe it was pinata, like a you know? weird, a weird pinata, <laughs> yeah. like the gr- worst pinata, you know, a ground trash pinata. You know, of some sort. I have oh, no idea. Goodness. Uh, maybe there was an animal trapped in there oh, or something. Gross. No, I don't know. That's so I, violent. It is. I. It's just that just took a turn. <clears throat> It was so weird because not only did he come down and, and beat on it, like he left it there. And then 10 minutes later, he and his wife come walking down to get it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> after the trash can yeah. had learned its lesson. Yes. A- after it sat there and thought about what it had done for a while, alone at the bottom of a hill with beating marks in it. The BDG in the chat calls it bin beating day. Yep. That's what I said. Bin beating day. Is that what we, you said? Yeah, I missed we should what you all said. celebrate it. So that's what happened. Um, I like to I like to recognize uh, Ben Beating Day like uh, personally, individually. Mm-hmm. I don't like to I don't like to share that holiday with others. Well, everybody celebrates it in their own way, Josh. Yeah. So I mean, you know, your Ben Beating Day doesn't have to look like my Ben Beating Day. Bins are technically a lot of things. That's right. That's the that's the beauty of Ben Beating Day. We sh- we should mark it down on the calendar, and then next year as we approach it, all as a group. Have our own bin beating moments. Nothing, nothing, nothing beats when you've been been beating. Wow. How how sweet would it be if your neighbor was actually listening and like we got to hear the whole story? (laughs) Should we go up and ask him? I actually kind of wanted to. No no, way. No No way am I approaching that man. Somebody who uses a bat, you know. To just get the aggression hey, out. I don't my wife it. and I were watching you through our, you know, <laughs> we're oh, through our blinds, you know. Here's the other odd <laughs> twist in the day to, to make it even more strange. So I left to go grab some lunch. And when I came back, I noticed that there was a, a big truck that had a trailer on the back of it that had new trash cans on it. Like, <laughs> a, new, right. like a new company had come into the neighborhood and they were going to be. Rep- <laughs> I was like. Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe in order to get a new trash can, he had to prove that his trash can was like, it was gone. So he had to take it down and beat it so that it would, you know, look, look tore up so and damaged so he could get a new one. I wondered, because it's just such a weird coincidence that there's this new company with these brand new trash bins that are coming around the corner. It was weird, right? It was such a weird day. Yeah, so strange. But anyway. Uh, bin beating day 2015, never forget. <laughs> BDG says, lesson learned, never dress up like a trash bin and trick-or-treat in Aaron's neighborhood. That's right. You <laughs> so get true. It. All right. Well, let's get into uh, get into the review. We're going to talk a little bit about Burnt. You guys ready to shoe a dough? Ready to shoe a dough. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, uh, we wanted to, usually we start off with a trailer. That was another of the glitches that kind of happened in the show. So we're going to just, uh, we're going to pretend you, like we can do the trailer. Do you want me to do the trailer, trailer for yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Josh, Josh if you do go the trailer. Ahead and start. 
If you like cooking, if you like food, if you like Bradley Cooper about 20 to 30 pounds heavier than normal, if you like pretentious French cuisine, this is the movie for you. Burnt. Also, if you like tantrums, I forgot to say that part too. That was pretty good. Best trailer ever. That was pretty good. Um, (laughs) That was more of a teaser. That was good. Hey, you know, it really is a tantrum themed episode. I mean, you know, (laughs) this is what it's all about. It's about showing your anger. Really? Is that what you think? Violent away as possible. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, Wait, uh, you didn't see the tantrum? Screw you, Dicer. (laughs) I'm going to beat you up now, buddy. I was I was struck by how childish these men were, we and have, they make a point of it in the movie. We but. have to start with the, the 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 way that you make a start. We can't just jump in. You have you have to tell everybody to go in a circle. And... Okay, well I'll go in a circle and tell our general thoughts. That's right. So yeah, okay. Yeah, liked start. it, loved it. It was okay. Didn't like it, hated it. What do you think, Josh? Uh, really liked it, but dot dot dot. All right, good. Yeah. Good. We know there's a butt coming. Right. Danae? <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. Okay. Uh, I liked it. I'm in liked it. Not even in really liked it. Just liked it? I was close to it was okay. Yeah. And there's some reasons we can get in for that. Probably has to do yeah. a lot with your butt, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> there were no butts in this movie. As do most things. I know. Ida is surprised that I loved it. I am too. Believe me. I am surprised. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. There are certainly things to love. So let's start there. Let's start with the good stuff that we saw. And Danae, since you said loved it, let's give you the first opportunity to throw something out there. What is it you loved about it? I was surprised. I love the way that the story was told. I loved the visuals of it. It was a unique kind of movie. This, to me, is a movie about uh, someone kind of getting back into their game and he happens to be a chef. And I thought they did a really good job of dropping us into the world of what it means to be mm. a really intense, really passionate person as a chef and they developed the story really interestingly because they didn't give us all the details of all these relationships right at the top of the movie we're developing them at different degrees throughout the movie and I really liked that it was like layers and layers and layers of different information kind of coming at the right time to kind of give this movie a different feel plus it didn't do a lot of the things that some of the movies I think of like when I saw the previews for this I was like oh this is gonna be like one of those, what was the other cooking movie that came out like six or seven years ago with, I don't even remember who, but. Well, I don't know. I Like I a mean, love cooking movie or something where I thought it was going to be like a love story and like a romance movie or something. And to me it wasn't. Yeah. It was like this redemption like water story. water for chocolate. That was a good book, by the way. Um, I thought it was going to be different, but it was like a redemption story. And it, it was about this story. person's Absolutely. journey. And I yeah. really liked how they told it. And I liked the visuals of it. There was only a few times that I was like, oh, that could have been better. It, is a, it is a movie that, that knows its themes. It is it is about maturity and is it, it is about redemption, uh, most of yeah. all. And and I, I found that uh, valuable, let's just say. I will yeah. say, Danae, I actually disagree with a lot of you just said. We'll get into that in, in a little bit. But Josh... That's because you're crazy. <laughs> what did you like about <laughs> I So here's the deal. I actually disagree with what uh, a bit of what Danae said, too. The thing is, I, I think I'm probably more in line with you, Aaron, except that the things that I did, the, the couple of things that I, that I liked, I really loved. Um, and some of them were very specific or whatever. One is so specific, I can't, like, there's a, there's a half page of dialogue that is as good as anything I've ever, it was like old school Hollywood dialogue. And I can't, it's, I can't talk about it here because it's a spoiler. Well, we'll but that's one of the main things in. I loved. Yeah. It's one of the main things I loved about this movie was this half page that I just thought was as clear and concise and as like beautiful and eloquent as anything I've ever, like actual dialogue. Very cool. And um, I also love early on, this is not a spoiler because it's really early on when he references that uh, he wants, he wants his chefs to be like the seven samurai. Uh huh. And so immediately that like found huge, huge favor with me. Uh huh. <laughs> so there's these little things that gave me a, like, I gave him a lot of grace. I thought overall, I thought the performances were really solid. I thought structurally, um, it was above average. Like it, it was able to cram some more, uh, loftier sort of filmmaking expression into a, a very formula, uh, template. 
Yeah. Um, I so think... I like that because it gave the impression that it transcended it a bit. So it was obviously. Exactly. That's it, exactly well, it. How did you say that? It gives the impression that it transcends what it is, which is a very basic run of the mill movie. Like the story yeah. is, is oh, yeah. very basic. And, oh, yeah. And it's redemption. a total basic thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I would yeah. agree with that. And so it, what I said was, and I, I do have some positives I want to I want to get to, but I want to play off of what you said. I put it in the food terms in that sure. it's like it's a beautiful plate and you look at it and it looks like fancy dining, but it's really just a cheeseburger at heart. You know, it's like, you know, it, it looks sure. beautiful and pretty because the performances and like you said, they did some, you know, a couple flourishes with the structure that were kind of interesting. But at its heart, it's a really basic meal in a bit bland and boring, you know, uh, so that's that's kind of where where I landed. But I still liked it because, like you said, of the the flourishes and the performances. That's the thing I'd highlight. I thought I think Bradley Cooper's great. I thought he was yeah. really good in this. Uh, I thought um, uh, Daniel Bruhl. Uh, who plays? Um, uh, I, I almost gave away uh, a moment, uh, but he plays the owner, the the hotel owner's son who runs the restaurant. Oh, I thought right. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, his name Daniel Bruhl. Tony. Yes, Tony in the movie. Yeah, correct. And Tony. I I fell in love with him uh, with what was the racing movie uh, that Ron Howard did? It's oh, slipping yeah. my mind. He was so amazing Rush. in the, yeah Rush. He was so amazing in that, and then ever since then, I've just been like, that's a really good actor. Of course, a lot of people remember from the Tarantino um, Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Yeah, sure. He was so good in that, too. Um, you might be impressed with my knowledge, but it is because I'm looking at IMDb. <laughs> so I'm learning how to flow with you crazy fanboys of me- film and movies. And then, and then uh, Uma Thurman is in there for a hot second, like, you yeah. know, just like a cameo. And uh, I, I thought she was her fine. Part. Yeah. But I. Loved, 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 loved. Best performance of the movie for me, Emma Thompson. I thought she was so good. Uh, and I'm always impressed with how... Emma the... Thompson. Oh, she yeah. was the doctor. Yeah. She was the... Oh, she's great. Emma yeah, Thompson's she's great. She's so good and she's and she's so different. Like, this is a different person. Like, I'm look, looking at this person she's playing, I'm going, you're a great actress. Like, you are... You, you know how to embody a different... I loved her different... and Nanny McPhee. Well, of course. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> She's but she great. also knows how to like, and, and like she knows her place too. And in, in this movie, like as an actor, she knows that this movie's not about her. Exactly. Right? So that her whole, all of her stuff is all about pouring into this other character. And but you're right, like she, like you, you take it for granted because she's so perfect with it. The you other kind of you just take it for granted that, that that she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Yeah, and that's why I wanted that's why I wanted to bring it to light too, is because it's easy to take for granted when somebody's doing it right and it falls into the background like it's supposed to be. It's just yeah. she's so good. The other thing I wanted to mention, and I'll go more specific in the spoiler, like you, Josh, because there is a moment that I thought worked better than anything else in the movie, a story moment uh, that, and let's just call it the turn, uh, the crisis moment, and I thought it was brilliant and there was an audible reaction in the theater when it happened and i don't know yeah, if you yeah. guys know the moment i'm talking about but I'll, I'll, that's I'll, I, that's i would put that moment in the other reason that i would that i escalated it to very you liked too, it because i've i because it was out of left field for me like the i most, was not anticipating no nope, i wasn't either and you know what the most anticipating the, the or the most uh, audible reaction i heard from the audience was uh going back to emma thompson when she um she stands up and she moves off into the distance and she's wearing this really interesting outfit and the lady beside me says, what is she wearing? <laughs> that was that was the most... You were next to a talker. Oh, I was. I couldn't hear what she was saying. Oh, Lord Jesus in heaven, help me. <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting because I, I haven't been in a situation where there was a talker in a theater in a long time. Uh, but here's the funny part. So when I got to the theater, it was Aaron and then beside him is his wife, Jen, a space, and then this woman... And I sat next to Jen. So I was right beside this lady. And then whenever this lady's extra person, whoever was with her came, they moved like seven chairs down from me. And Jen, Aaron's wife, says to me, 
what did you do? And I was like, <laughs> I haven't bathed in several days. I'm wondering if I smell bad. And you were kind of joking around. And then as the movie started and I realized that this lady, this stranger that had moved was such a talker. I was so thankful maybe that she, she moved. Maybe she really did it because she knows she's a talker and she doesn't want to, you know. She, she was very verbally reacting through this and uh, <laughs> she really was. Around the her was like, Maude, you got to move away. You know how you get in <laughs> yeah. these movies. <laughs> Gotta, she should have her own cone of silence. That's what she should oh have. Oh, man. Movie but talkers. Anyhow. I, with going to so many movies, I mean, it, it's rare, but there are just people who are movie talkers, and they will talk through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's at the same time annoying and hilarious. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, you kind of, you are annoyed, but at the same time, you just, you can't help but laugh. There, there was one instance where I was... Uh, somebody was translating the movie for somebody else who did not speak uh, or could not understand English. And that was one of the hardest things because I was so I was it was it was hard to concentrate, but I couldn't move because the place was pretty. Anyway, I was they were just talking. And I was just like, shouldn't you? I mean, what do you say? <laughs> like, Shush. Can, can, you, can you go to a, le- a less crowded show and do this? Or I really am curious. Like, when we get to the spoiler yeah. chat, which is going to be available in the Sift Pop podcast feed, for those of you who subscribe to the podcast, if you just subscribe to Shoe the Dough, go ahead and subscribe to Sift Pop because we do extra there for our pop culture reviews. But I am curious about this turn because there's actually a couple of things that happen in this movie that I found to be a little bit shocking or very shocking mm-hmm. that I thought really drove this movie forward. But I'm curious because you both said you don't agree with me on certain elements. I'm curious Here's, to get into that okay, just a let's little get bit. Into it. Let's get into it. There are a couple of things, phrases you used, things you said that I thought, oh, you said things like the movie was unique I or was unique. creative I or things it. like that. And it, there are maybe moments, but for the most part, well, I'll just give this example there. Uh, and I think they've even mentioned it in the in the chat. There's a movie that came out last year called Chef. It is 20 yeah. times the film this is and really kind of covers the same topic about the love of food and, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things and has kind of that same, you know, beautiful representation of food. There's another movie that came out last year that covers the Michelin thing better than this m- movie did. The star thing mm-hmm. uh, about an Indian family who uh, makes I think it's called the hundred foot journey. So and, which is written written by the same guy, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait. He wrote two movies about getting Michelin stars? He wrote this movie, too? Yeah. Okay, Stephen uh, if I'm Knight not mistaken, and yeah, Michael... Yeah, I think it's... I believe it's Stephen Knight. Me, Michael Kalen, Kalesnico? Sorry, Michael. If I just got your name all butchered up. <laughs> Sorry about that. Butchered. Listening in. Butchered. Eh? No, but I, I believe it. it's Stephen. I believe it's Stephen Knight uh, is, the, is the writer on both. So, once again, perhaps I'm suffering from the... Uh, I'm new to this whole movie thing experience where I'm going in because I didn't see Chef. I right until Sif Pop started up with movie reviews. I am not a movie person, and that's one of the reasons why apparently you guys love that I go see these things <laughs> because is. I have weird reactions to ones. Because one of one of the continuing themes is like, oh, I liked it, and you guys are like, this is terrible because you have things to compare it to that I don't. You know, for me, I'm not used to going and seeing a movie that's based in the chef's world. Right. You know, this movie did a couple of things that were really fun as far as like the cinematography where, you know, you've got these beautiful, crisp, clear images of food. Mm -hmm. I have a confession to make. I felt so terrible, like guilty and shameful for the first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie because I ate a movie theater hot dog (laughs) while watching this movie. And it's just beautiful Did food. You, you just, it's all in presentation. Yeah. You should have just cut it up into you know little triangles or something. I only had my hands. I would have had to have been like sort of. Ter- so what I'm you, like, did, you turn the bun inside out. Oh man, it was bad. I should have done like a deconstructed hot dog. Yes, exactly. What you're so I felt terrible. And then the last fifteen minutes of the movie, as my stomach was in pain from the horrible food I had eaten, I again felt terrible about eating. Like I ate. T- popcorn and <laughs> disgusting hot dog watching this movie and it it, it shifted things for me there are some bit, moments you're absolutely right and this this it was, was beautiful it was beautiful food. And, and the colors i would say that that's in that good pile of all the stuff that we liked about it i, I didn't say that but all the, the 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 food in this thing looked ridiculous well, they, like and that, they, they nailed that they use this really interesting storytelling feature in this movie to move things forward in time 
where it's a lot of flashes of images, you know, and they're doing like this almost like a, a like a, I don't even know. It was like a montage of I wanted to pictures. talk. I wanted to talk about that. Actually, I wasn't sure if we sh- if I should talk about that in spoilers or not, but because it's towards the end. Well, no, but they use it throughout the beginning and the middle as they start to kind of shift into different areas where they kind of move the time along. So it's not just at the end, but they do show these different sort of like here's what's going on in this person's life in just a couple like ten seconds mm-hmm. of their life, and then you know shifting over yeah, here. It's character development by montage, you know, yeah. in some ways, yeah. I really liked yeah. it. I thought that was clever and I hadn't seen that before, but maybe like you guys see this stuff and you're like, that is so annoying. That's interesting. Let me be clear. I think what it does is, so you mentioned something about saying, oh, I love this. And we saying, oh, it's terrible. I hope you know that's not the case in this instance. I think both of us are saying we liked this movie. Um, what brings it down is that when you have all those comparisons, you go, okay, I have to kind of put it in its, in its proper yeah. kind of assessment with the world of cinema mm-hmm. and sure and, and genre and genre and so i look at you know the movie like chef or hundred foot journey and i go okay those are better than this movie so this movie isn't an a plus you know it's it's not even yeah. an a minus it's probably a b b minus you know so it's just kind of you start to assess but then you, you even go greater... back to like some of the even like the the bigger classics like older classics like uh babette's feast or um a big night which i i, I always loved like and the same thing like it's it's good but it's not like it's not Babette's feast good right yeah <laughs> although i don't know that any of these movies are Babette's feast good like <laughs> that is a like a piece of perfection as far as like i, I feel like that's probably the, that's super pretentious that sounds like but that's the aspiration for all uh food films i think yeah is Babette's feast Okay, so that part aside about like me being like, a newer viewer, right? That aside, you know, going kind of more into the storytelling part. So, did you? I liked how they developed these different relationships with these people because the our center character has been a complete jerk at some point in past. Some pretty, I mean, he apparently was just not a, a great guy, but we miss that. We we see him in his redemption story as he's trying to kind of come back from you know, a place in his life and the people that we're meeting as he meets them in the story, they're all reacting to him in different ways. And then we see that relationship develop as this, you know, movie kind of has its rises and falls, et cetera, et cetera. I loved how they represented these complex stories without spending so much time developing them, like giving us just enough that we can kind of, we can take a hint. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. What did you guys think about how they developed that? I just, again, I thought it was told well, but very uh, by the book. Hmm. You know, it was very paint by numbers story wise. And especially, especially the resolution of this film feels like there's, there's something, it, it feels like a very typical, I don't know, I don't know that this is spoiling things, but I would say like almost like a sports movie arc. Where it's like, you know, the person is trying to succeed. Oh, no, the person's, you know, fails. Yeah. Oh, the person actually succeeds. Yay. Or, you know what I mean? And it's just, it just feels very, you know, paint my numbers in that way. And I think that's why I left the theater going, oh, that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping for something different. And I'm going to speak more specifically about this in the spoilers. Uh, because I Or think- at least the, like, the, the, the next step in the evolution of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something that, that, that tweaks it a little I bit. I agree with that because there are some things that they do with the story as far as where the story lands at the very end. Stuff with relation, stuff with romance, stuff with, you know... Well, there's... So the other thing, a piece of that puzzle, too, is... Um, you guys, I think it was um, called uh, Kitchen, Kitchen Confidential. Do you remember that TV show that Bradley Cooper was on? No. Vaguely. It was. It didn't even last. Like it was like four episodes, maybe. But this is the story. Like this is the plot of that TV show. He was a hotshot um, chef trying to make his comeback, and he got his mm. all star team together to to run the best kitchen in in the city or whatever. And it's so. And that st- like that sense of evolution, like this. That was like I don't know six years ago, seven years ago. And this is the exact, it's the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Like we mm. haven't moved past like a TV, a failed TV show premise um, yeah. of Bradley Cooper's. I also had the thought that this movie, speaking of TV show, as somebody who likes Top Chef and who likes Master Chef 
and likes all these cooking shows, it was kind of fun for me to be like, ooh, the next level of what it takes to run a restaurant, you know? Uh, and it did have that sort of, you know, base, like that feel to it where I'm like, ah, they're spending more time showing us this world. And I love the world of, of what it takes to run a restaurant and the complexity and, and that, things like that. And that was great. And I think you're right. Part of that is diminished for me because I've seen it yeah. twice recently done as well, if not better. You know what I mean? So it's like that wasn't new and fresh to me like it was to you. Um, and I can, think, I, can I say, sorry, go ahead. No, I think I think I I was done. That's what I was going to say. Well, also off of what Danae said is kind of what my my biggest complaint with the movie was. Um, bec- I don't care about that subject matter. Like at the, right, I don't have okay. an emotional connection to any of that. So I'm watching the movie and it's like, oh, this is you know the whole thing was a step removed because I had. Right. I know because I didn't care. I felt the same way with, um, and this may be sacrilege, but with Whiplash, because I'm watching the whole, the Whiplash going, well, I don't care about jazz drumming and I don't understand this world. So, like, I don't understand why he doesn't just walk away and go to a different school. Like, I get that I'm not, (laughs) like, like, if it's that hard, just go somewhere else. Like, really, that's the only school. And I felt the same way. It'd be like oh, watching side, a... Sideways was the same way about wine. Like, it was a great, I'm sure it was a solid movie and everything, but I had no it was hard. emotional connection because I, so what? I definitely right. felt that way during Sideways. I did not get why people loved that movie. And it, again, I think you're exactly right. For me, I had no emotional connect, connectedness to the subject matter. So so there's a difference yeah. though. With, when or they... even him going... Well, yeah, I get that it's hard for a chef, so don't be don't be a chef then. <laughs> but that's just me. I know, like he has to because that's what's in his soul. But I right. cannot. That does not resonate with me. Like, yeah, just walk away, man. Just go do something else. If if it's so hard and stressful and everybody hates you, just go somewhere. I, <laughs> go I somewhere lo- else. He did for about a million oysters. He did. So. I did. I did yeah. love though that they portray him as this person who knows what he wants and he's going to get it and he is putting together a team of people who can handle the intensity because he is he's extremely intense at times you know and so yeah. that that part I was like I actually kind of like this I like that there's this guy who's in charge knows what he wants to do and he has a team of people who are going to follow him you know I, I really enjoyed that part but you're right that if the if the world and the subject matter doesn't attract an audience because they're, they don't like restaurant world or whatever, you do have to have some kind of a story element in this. And I don't, as I look on it as time has passed, I don't know that I really related to a lot of the different people going through this, but I did like the way that they told the story because again, it's just not something I'm used to seeing. Sure. So, so anyhow, I, I I agree with what you're saying. I I would think I liken it to if I was to watch like a NASCAR movie or something. So here is, yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it feels like it's not, yeah, it's for an, it's a niche movie. Right. Go ahead, Aaron. Or so. um, Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like, uh, uh, I, I lost my thought while you guys were finishing up, but I th- I think it has to do with um, what what did you just said about watching the movie about being in that world? Is that what we were talking about? Um, that should uh, feel connect like uh, emotional connection to any of the characters. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. The, good job, the, jo- the, good job, Josh. Yeah, thank you, Josh. The, the character <laughs> you were talking about how he. Uh, you liked that he knew what he wanted, was intense, and yeah. they got people around him that could handle that intensity. Yeah, I like that. Here's the problem. The entire movie is about, and I don't think this is too spoilerish. I'm tr- trying to tread lightly. The movie is about that that wasn't who he should be. Like, there's a maturity theme in this movie about when we get towards the end, he's this different version of himself. Which I love, too. Well, but what I'm saying is, how I like what you said about, you know... This is who he is, surround people and, you know, but what if the movie made the choice to make that okay and find a balance with that instead of having him have to... I I thought about that too. That's just so very basic to have that growth moment I completely agree with you because on the way, on the drive home as I was contemplating this movie, there's a couple of turning points in this film and I thought, you know, if they would have completely allowed this character to retain certain personality traits from beginning to end... 
But I still wonder, you know, this is just like a glimpse into this person's world. It's almost like that's what it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a complete story. There's just because there's so much that you don't know, even through this movie, because you just don't have information. You're making Mm. logical conclusions. So when this movie comes to an end, it doesn't feel like. It's like in my head, they're still living on, you know, mm-hmm. they're still kind of doing their thing. So and let me be clear. I want the protagonist to change. That's the whole point. Like, the, the, yeah. is, I want him to. But but he doesn't have to be that, you know, typical version of, you know, what a character has to be. I guess it just felt like they could have done something a little more creative with that. Well, let's go into our one last thing that we would yeah. mention about this film before we move on, because we want to spend the last little bit of time you're talking about our commentary on lady in the water. So as we transition <laughs> uh, a little bit here, we're going to talk one last thing that we would want you to know about this movie. And then we of course will be recording a spoiler episode that you can listen to. If you want to be spoiled before you go in and hear more about the details of this plot and what the characters do, we'll spoil all that for you. Josh, why don't you start us off? What's your one last thing with burnt? Um, just, I think off of what you guys were just saying about the, the theme and his maturity, um, just the, 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 the specific aspect of that, of him becoming a, a team player instead of a one man show, like, because they, you know, that's the, the theme stated so early on where he says, I want to, you know, I want to be like the seven samurai, um, that I, I, I did like that piece of the puzzle i'd like that specific aspect of his growth um i'm a sucker for ensemble stuff anyway um and and there were some uh, comparisons throughout that they drew between seven samurai and this movie not it wasn't really blatant it's not like magnificent seven like just a remake or something but there were there was a, enough of a hint for uh for me and that to 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 kind of grasp a hold of all those little winks that they had in there and that is fun when you have another level that you can enjoy something on because you you know have a reference that not you know not necessarily everybody has uh i think that's cool i think i would want to say my one last thing is that i liked how this movie approached the topic of the dangers of being so one track minded about your perspective on perfection and what that means and if you're seeking perfection in your life and you don't get it, how you respond to that and how you react to that and how that can change. I liked how they went about this person's journey on that they had one goal in mind and they no matter what, we're going to reach that goal. And what happens if you do or do not meet that goal? I thought they did a really good job on it. And I think that that can speak to people. I think there's some really good messages in this. Um, also in how he interacts with his uh, his group of people around him. I really liked the dynamics of their relationships and some of the um, some of the deeper complicated aspects of relationship. I thought they handled it really, really well. They didn't make it really an immature relationship thing. They, they actually had pretty mature relationships uh, developing in this too. And I really like that. My one last thing is if you ever find yourself in a fancy restaurant uh, with a friend, set a fork on the floor, you'll get a great meal. That's that's all I'm saying. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Cool. Uh, no, I would say my one last thing is uh, if you love this movie, make sure you've also seen Chef and Hundred Foot Journey because those are both great movies. I don't want to go see those movies. <laughs> I'm just saying. And, I don't and want Feast to. And, and Bob, Big Night. And Bob oh, Feast. I don't want to. <laughs> and Big Night. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's transition then. We had an interesting experience. Before we get there, though, Danae. We wanted to make sure to thank those who support us on Patreon. Patreon is uh, how this podcast network has come to exist. Shoe the Dough live on Tuesdays and Sif Pop on Fridays. We'll be launching a new Music Digest on Wednesdays as soon as we hit our next goal. And you can find out how close we are to our next goal. I'll give you a hint. Really, really close. <laughs> So as soon as we hit our next monthly goal, we have right now, let's see. 20... So close that you could throw a trash can at it. Yes. <laughs> we have 23 people that give us a, a monthly donation to our studio so that we can keep the internet you know, going as fast as it possibly can. And we can afford some of the programs that we need to be uh, subscribed to to make this show possible. So um, all of that goes to making uh, what you're hearing right now. A possibility and so we like to also take a moment to thank an individual person and lisa today we're thanking you thank you so much for giving your um, monthly gift to make this show 
a reality uh, located in Ozark, Missouri. So we appreciate you. And those gifts run from a dollar a month to a hundred dollars a month and everywhere in between. So if, if you want to support, you like what we do and you want to throw a buck or two our way every month, uh, we really appreciate it. Lisa supporting us at $10 a month. Thanks, Lisa. Much, much appreciated. Okay, so also, now we can scooch on if we want to. Let's Whoa. do it. And, and it makes a nice transition because if you are a Patreon supporter, you also have perks that come along with that, including access to stuff that other people don't necessarily have access to. One of those things is the commentary that we recorded yesterday on the movie we're going to talk about next, The Lady in the Water. So before we get into actual conversation on The Lady in the Water, two things. Number one, if you want to hear the entire conversation that we had during the movie and watch the movie with us, you can, uh, if you support at Patreon, after the show is over, we're going to upload the entire commentary to our Patreon. You can download it right from there, play it on whatever device you want, start it at the movie at the same time, and watch the movie with us. So we're excited mm. to offer that to you as a we commentary. We live in the future. <laughs> it's really fun, and we had a great time doing it. it uh, all the technology kind of came together, and it went pretty smoothly, all things considered. So the audio only is available just to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. But for everybody else, if you are able to, you can actually stream it through YouTube as well. And I also wanted to say, before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of the movie, Let's talk about that experience. Josh, how was that experience for you doing a commentary? Have you ever done one of those before, like talk during a movie? Only my own, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's, that is true. Did you do a commentary, a commentary for your movie? Uh, yeah, we actually, uh, um, my movie called The Nothing, uh, um, for anybody who doesn't already know how super famous I am. Um, <laughs> We had so yeah we actually have a couple of commentary tracks. There's one commentary track that's me and my co-writer, and then there's another commentary track with all with um, all the leads of the movie. Um, but yeah, that's cool. So yeah, I've talked I talked through that movie. Is that but and I've that's seen on it the, a thousand times? And that's on the uh, the DVD. Do you have a DVD of the nothing that people can get? Isn't the nothing uh, on the Neverending yeah. Story? <laughs> yes, uh, it's a sequel. Different, different, different than nothing. Different than nothing. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can buy the Nothing DVD. Um, uh, it's on a lot of uh, a lot of sources. Um, I believe you can go to the nothingmovie.com and there's a link uh, to the, our store. There's also I'm sure that you can find it on Amazon and stuff as well. Um, can you tell how long it's been since I've actually talked about this movie? <laughs> this is an older older movie. Um, uh, maybe I even on Facebook might have a link if you go to the Nothing Movie on on Facebook. Um, so well, I, so, yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we mentioned that because uh, that is a few years ago. But it is uh, you, you guys did a great job. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. It's on IMDb, rated eight out of ten. <gasps> um, uh, that was there like two reviews. Um, <laughs> that would be Josh and, and his brother Jeremy. I'm not talking about <laughs> right. that. I'm not making reference to that. Speaking of that, though, you've also acted in some stuff, too. Um, were you with Jer your brother Jeremy in what was that like a vampire office? workplace movie what was <laughs> yes, that, that was that is nothing like the nothing but that was called um uh nether beast incorporated it was a vampire office comedy starring <laughs> steve from blues clues and daryl hammond yes! and judd nelson yes and dave foley and, and... Way, uh, down the list a little further me and my brother <laughs> um <laughs> Yes. Stuff. But then we also have so. But this is not the pitch time. We need to talk about this. Well, I'll pitch all that stuff later. Okay. I, I okay. Talk let's get in. So let's hours. officially get. I can into... talk about myself for hours. Okay. <laughs> let's officially get yeah. into Lady in the Water. Uh, and you know, if you want to hear all our very specific thoughts, listen to the commentary. But let's kind of, in general. Having seen it again, we went into this movie because Josh had mentioned that he didn't enjoy it, and I mentioned I did enjoy it. Aaron forgot all about it; didn't know what to think about it at all. <laughs> That's a little bit of an exaggeration. No, you during the movie were like, "Oh no, I remember. Well, I don't remember been any nine of this." Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so I was, have children. It's fun to watch that. And I kinda... have six birthdays in my family to remember. So I guess we just need to start over from the top and say, compared to what we thought the first time around, what do you think? Yeah. Josh, how did watching it again these years later compare? Um, because of, um, 
after watching it, I will say that what uh, you and Danae thought about it made me enjoy the movie more, but how I still stand by my problems with the movie, which keeps me from loving it. So we can get into spoilers. This is a nine-year-old movie. So yeah. if you want to talk specifically about something you didn't like about it, that's well, why totally why fine. Why don't Danae, you talk uh, you know, generally about your reaction seeing it again? Um, it was, I had two, I, have, I was of two minds. One, I'm still really liking this movie, but two, I don't really know because we were talking the whole time. <laughs> so, <laughs> really, did you find that to be an issue? Yeah. Well, I kind of wanted to sometimes stop and like listen to what was going on and remember what was being said. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I remembered a lot of it as it was happening. And so, I thought, I still think it's a, a fun story and there's still some things. And I remembered why I enjoyed it. Um, and it was really fun to go back and see a movie that's nine years old and, um, and just th- how things have changed and how stories are told now. But I really, I really liked it. And and this time watching it, I found myself liking, because we're talking about the different camera angles and how M. Night was shooting it, which is kind of the fun part of doing the commentary, is I loved the conversation we were having too. So that's why I was of two minds. Like mm-hmm. Part of me was like, yeah, let's watch this movie again, which nobody wants to listen to two hours of no audio at all because we're all watching the movie. It's <laughs> so, your commentary. <laughs> but I agree with you, Josh. There was there were times that the conversation really made it an, even like a, a greater experience for me. So I really liked it. I think that was, that sums up kind of my experience too. It was like, I, it was a remembering in many ways of why I really liked the movie. And I was glad to have your input, Josh, with your issue, which let's just go ahead and go into that, which is that the movie uh, leads you to believe things um, and not just in a kind of a, uh, you know, an illusion kind of way, but to specifically tell you truths that end up to be lies. And is that a fair way of assessing kind of the, the heart of the issue? Uh, yeah. I, I, do I sound different? I sound different in my own headphone. Do I sound different to you guys? Whoa. You, you sound, you sound the same. You sound like Josh. Are, do we still sound like okay. robots? Okay, good. <laughs> You guys, no, you still sound like robots. Excellent, so excellent. Um, yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment. There, there were uh, uh, unnecessary clues and omissions of clues, or mi- clues that were wrong. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I felt like I was lied to, but yeah, the way you put it is probably more diplomatic. And that was when Josh referenced in uh, the whole reason that we watched this. He, you know, he said that there were rules that were broken, and so when we were watching this, we we're looking for those rules that were broken, and that was one of them. Is that we're told in the movie who the guild is and who the healer there's is. There's this team and- of people that's supposed to come together in Lady in the Water to save this water nymph that has appeared to Paul Giamatti's character, Mr. Heeb, uh, who runs this apartment, Heap. Heap, sorry, who runs, yes, sorry, that was that was a bad mistake, uh, who runs this apartment complex oh, nice. with, with all these people, and they come together in different roles. In the movie, leads us to believe who these roles are, but the whole twist is they got it wrong, and they're actually these people. And I think for me, if we're getting specifically into this, and, and we talked about this in the commentary a little bit, I think the movie does it purposefully, and I think it does it to make the movie's point about story and about you know our journey and about truth and about uh, you know purpose, about assuming your purpose and knowing your purpose and mm-hmm. and what is it. And I I think uh, I see what you're saying. And there's one instance um, that I think is a great example of what you're saying about a butterfly. You know, one of the members of this team is known because butterflies follow them around. That's and, the healer. And we specifically see a butterfly on the shoulder of this woman. So he knows, oh, that's the healer. Well, then she says later, oh, that butterfly, oh, that butterfly wasn't, wasn't from me. me. It was from you, Mr. Heap. It was Heap. following you around, Mr. Heap. And he's there. Following actual... you around the main character of this movie who we've seen in every frame of the movie. But have never, but seen, have a never seen a butterfly. But have never seen a butterfly near him. With no butterflies. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. And I think that is very valid. But that was really the only one that I wasn't able to just kind of look over. During the recording of the commentary, Josh, you kind of referenced that this movie takes uh, an inception feel at some point in time where we go so deep into more details and more turns and and more, oh, it's not this, it's this. And we kind of keep going down that you have to just remove your care of watching the movie in order to enjoy the movie, which I think, again, is part of the deeper purpose of this movie Uh, is just we're supposed to be part of our world and not be trying to figure out who is who all the time because naturally people are going to 
come in and they're going to be a participant in that final moment when they're supposed to and fill a role when they're supposed to. You're not supposed to know who the healer is. You're not supposed to know who the guild is. And we're, we're I think we're actually being asked in this movie to look in our own lives and figure out who are these archetype characters who step in in these moments. And it's not like, you know, when I go over to my friend Ida's house that I say, I'm a healer. And then I give her a massage and she has a major, you know, adjustment in her body and feels better and is healed. It's not like that. It's just, <laughs> which actually happened last night. <laughs> I actually, that actually did happen, but I didn't go over there with the intention of being that person. It just happened that way. It was, she was in pain. I was like, Oh, let me just see if I can work out that kink. Boom. And everything is fine. Does that make sense? Am I mm-hmm. kind of making sense? Yeah. But you're right in that in this movie, it does the inception thing where it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're just at the end like, uh, okay, how many more twists well, can we make with these? Yeah. This character is well, this I, person. I, I, and I think like on, like I said, on paper, like I bought, I bought it all. Like I buy it all. It's the execution of it. The, the, that butterfly wasn't the only time I felt a lie. And I, I know that's debatable among us, but there, there's, whenever they're getting information from the horse's mouth, so to speak, the only, the, the main, the character, this lady in the water story is, who her name. is as far as we know, the only, the most expert on the subject, right? you know, and she is answering questions, you know, Let's and talk we're, about that. so all we, the only piece of info, all we have to go on like that's it's not that he's giving us an option to believe it or not. He's not giving us that option. He's saying, "Oh, now she's saying the truth. This is a piece of information." But I think story. he. But Pay I attention. think he. I think he is. I think, I think he made assumptions. I think. I think that's the I whole point. I think he is on paper, but in the movie, I don't. I did not get that. I felt yeah. like he. And, I felt like he lied to us. And I think that's the whole the point. Is that because I? You can see this movie again as a metaphor of kind of you know our own psyche and what happens in the different sections of who we are and. And I think we lie, you know, we lie to ourselves about our purpose sometimes. And we, you know, we have, we just make these assumptions about what is true and we're so sure of what is true. And sometimes it's, it's actually not true. And I just, not only that, but we get blinded to the people around to ask questions. Are you sure? Cause there's characters in this movie that ask those questions. Like, mm-hmm. are you sure Mr. Heap? And he's like, yes, there's a, there's a point in the movie that you're talking about where, um, so in, in this film, this lady in the water, who is not supposed to interact with anybody and she's not supposed to be seen by anybody and no one's really supposed to know she's there, but everything kind of goes wrong. And, and so the characters in this film become aware of her presence and she's also not supposed to talk about her world or, you know, like the rules of her world at all. And so there's this scene where she's, you know, under the, the running water and she's uh, in front of her on the floor Uh, in the shower in front of her kind of outside of the shower is one of these people who's saying, you know, Hey, I used to not want to tattle on my friends. And so my mom would say, just touch your elbow or your nose or whatever. If it's a yes or no question that way, you're not technically telling me anything. And in, when, when this is happening, the first time I saw this film, I was confused by it. And I was confused by it again because she touches her ear for yes. I think she touches her elbow for no. And she touches her hair. She would grip her hair And I'm wondering if that was a maybe. And so what Mm. I saw happening in this film was when she would say when this, this girl is interpreting her touching her hair. Yes, maybe. And then uh, Mr. Heap would say, I know who it is. And he would jump to a conclusion. So I interpreted that a little bit differently this time, which is just the miscommunication of trying to solve, you know, this problem of getting this nymph back to her world and all that stuff which sure except for except for on his character she actually points at him through the wall about the being the healer yes about she being does. the healer no that no no, was... no no the guardian she she guardian, said yes. that he was the guardian so he was thinking he was the guardian maybe she was just flexing her right arm i thought about this a little more and i wonder and i don't i don't know about this but i wonder if part of the reason that i i got so and like I felt so misled was that bef- uh, the the only the, the the truth truth before that the umbrella of this this um old Asian lady who actually is the only one who knows this story right conveniently right? and she keeps uh, translating through her daughter keeps translating throughout the movie in like 
really convenient places, obviously. Yes. I'll agree. <laughs> like, yeah. Just oh, really yes. convenient times to pull. Oh, by the way, this is so. There are these we're, three we're given monkeys. That as like that's a truth. That's a master truth. We can't. We don't question that or refute that. Right. Right. So they've set this precedent that whenever somebody does this, like we have to buy it, we have to believe it, and so the next person is, you know, we're is the story's character saying all these things, and we're, you know, what I mean, like, yeah, I, I, maybe that's part of the reason. I don't know, but maybe I was just thinking about it. like that because all we had, the only precedent we had was, oh, we believe when somebody tells us something in this movie, I, and then. Yeah, the next I, time I see it's what, not true. I, I see what you're saying, and it, it can set you up for that. I think the best way, really, to kind of understand is to watch the commentary or listen to the commentary during the movie because we talk about it during the specific scenes. But I don't want to like hash that too much, uh, too much sure. more. Other than to say, as we kind of finish up here, um, I think we all agree that it. I mean, M. Night is on point visually, stylistically. Yeah. Um, yeah. like it is no, a absolutely. beautiful movie watching it again it is gorgeous yeah. shot very well very creative it's one of those metaphor movies that you can kind of put your own story into so to speak it reminded me of the matrix in that way the matrix uh, was one of those movies where everybody had all these theories about what stuff meant and mm-hmm. you know, there's just those movies that come along that are that are walking metaphors you know yeah this one is definitely of of a walking your metaphor own, your own stuff into we, it I, I think i think we also realize that everybody has their their tipping point with m night and it, <laughs> it's true it's it's different for every person like every person lost uh, you know their infatuation with them at, at a different point in time you know yeah um <laughs> took me much longer than others it took me him it took him ruining my uh one of my favorite cartoons for me to give up hope that would be the last airbender one of the worst movies ever made but there are people Curse who gave up long before us on. on on the village people gave up on it you know yeah. be- before us um so obviously he and signs he, some people who don't like signs what i can't i, I still I, love those, both of those movies I, I do too the person who doesn't like signs they just they they aren't my friend that's not okay. I mean, that's a great no. movie. Well, their biggest complaint, they don't understand why aliens w- who hate water would come to a planet that is majority water. <laughs> Try to take it off. And you, that's did, a valid point. Did but the aliens really know they hated water? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody asked them. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on Lady in the Water, uh, speaking of water, uh, be sure to check out the commentary again at our Patreon page. Also, if you enjoy the commentary and you want to do more of a group viewing, we can try to coordinate even a little let bit us more know. and let yeah. us know. Because one of the things we try to do is since since this was a conversation with Josh, we we went with a schedule. We actually watched it at 10 a.m. on a Thursday <laughs> when we know that's maybe not the best time for everybody. So we may try to do another live commentary viewing of a movie that we can all kind of spoil together and enjoy together and actually broadcast our commentaries on Mixler while we watch it with everybody synced up. So if that's something that you're interested in, shoot us an email, Aaron and Danae at gmail.com with your movie suggestion and what time that you would like to do it, maybe on a weekend or something like that. And we'll see if we can make that possible. Yeah. We're just kind of thinking about how, if that's something people would enjoy, how we would do that, what that might look like. If you have other movies you want us to do, uh, even, you know, just to have commentaries on, let us know. We'd, we'd definitely be interested in hearing your thoughts. All right, quickly, let's do buried treasure just really quickly since we're, our hours is actually up. Josh, what's your buried treasure today? Um, I, well, at the last minute, um, yesterday, I think we talked on the phone, or I texted you. Uh, I I watched Con Man, the uh, the web series from Alan Tiddick and Nathan Fillion, who, if you don't um, know, are two of the main characters from Firefly. Uh, Nathan Fillion, most people know. Alan Tiddick is a uh, wash from Firefly. So the the show itself is, was uh, was a crowdsourced show. Um, and uh, they were looking for money. They raised like all the all the money in the world that they needed, and plus tons in like a day or something ridiculous. Like it was no time at all. The fans all came together. It's like, please make this web series. Um, so it kind of parallels their own uh, story in that it's this show that got canceled before its time. Um, and these two guys were the leads. One has gone on to be a, uh, a lot more famous and has TV shows and movies, and the other one is 
spending most of his time doing conventions, <laughs> i.e. con man. So he's going to all these, you know, different sci-fi co- conventions. And stuff. I wonder which one's which. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it was real. So it's here's the deal. It was a blast. It was everything I hoped it would be. Um, they're, they're great. It is a love song. The, the main character is somebody who's disenfranchised with, you know, sci-fi and wants to be a real actor, not a sci-fi actor. And, you know, so he has this self hating sort of side of him about um you know his sci-fi history but this the show itself is a, just this love song to sci-fi and fantasy uh it is wrought with cameos of different sci-fi shows some it was fun because sometimes they're playing themselves sometimes they're not um casper van dien like he plays a bartender that just keeps showing up in the background of like every time there's a bar (laughs) it's and it's not it's not explained why or whatever but um there's characters from firefly in this playing themselves from firefly against alan tiddick who is not playing himself from firefly he's playing a guy from a different show who has never even seen firefly (laughs) so curious (laughs) so it's just this weird like there's no the, the rules are off like all bets are off as far as like the universe and how it collides. And it just kind of, whenever it serves the purpose of the joke or the story is kind of how it lands. Oh, sure. The people you love you from know. Firefly can get away with it, but M night. No, you can't let him get away with it. <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> whoa, whoa, that's there's true. a structural <laughs> answer uh, for that. Jo- uh, uh, Joss Whedon even plays like uh, just a crew guy on the set of that's some other movie that, that's you fun. know, that Nathan Fillion's doing. Anyway, it's worth checking out. It's, you know, it's R because it's got some, you know, uh, some graphic language here and there. Um, but so funny. Alan Tudyk, I believe, wrote and directed the whole thing. If How many episodes is most it? Most of it. It's 13 episodes. They're about 10 to 15 minutes a piece. Oh, that's um, nice. So it's a little over two hours of material. So it, it watches like, um, it actually watches more like, four episodes because okay. the, the the story arcs are you know uh maybe a three episode arc or what you know what i mean it's sure. like him at one con and then it all blends together seamlessly but then it's like him on an airplane to another con to you know that so it's one full story but each little sec each little episode is self uh holds itself but then uh, it plays a part of like a bigger like two or three episodes which all plays into the bigger that's great. Episode. Great so. buried treasure. Uh, I'm excited yeah. to see that. Uh, I'll quickly do mine. Life of Pi. Uh, if you did not get a chance to see it when it came out and it just kind of missed you, uh, I watched it again with my uh, son the other day. It is a spectacularly beautiful and moving movie, uh, specifically as we're talking about metaphor and storytelling and truth. Like in Lady in the Water, this movie has a lot to say about that in some really interesting and beautiful ways I'd highly recommend if you never got a chance to see it to uh, t- check out Life of Pi. Uh, for mine, I wanted to do a quick update on the rewards app that I reviewed. This is Google Rewards where you answer surveys. I've had it for 20 days now and I've earned $5.54 in free Google Play money. So that means I can put it towards whatever I can find in Google Play. And all I have to do is answer a few quick questions. So um, I still recommend that, and I wanted to give an update on how much money I have acquired so far. <laughs> and speaking of how much money you've acquired, uh, an update on my adventure capitalist. Oh goodness! <laughs> Which you got? You got? Um, several people have told me John? that. Yeah, several that people said, have told me they're yeah. addicted now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like thanks to your <laughs> thanks to your recommendation of that game that they've lost their themselves <laughs> in time. Uh, I am now uh, what's known as in. Uh, uh, Trey Unvigtillionaire, I think, is what it is. Congratulations. I have lots of money. Lots and lots of money. Let's just say that. I also, uh, so in addition to giving an update, I wanted to let you know, because I try to give a new game or a new app, and you can always send your suggestions to me. I still have a couple suggestions I haven't fully completed my analysis of yet. Those are coming later. Today's is Mind Games. There's a lot of fun puzzle games that are out there. I got Mind Games. I think it was either free or on sale for 10 cents when I grabbed it. The icon looks like an eyeball with like Simon Says lights on it. There's like a little section that's red, a little section blue, yellow and green. And the premise of this game is that it's supposed to be the most difficult puzzle game because they don't give you any hints, period. Like 
unless you go online and find them for yourself. So the game itself, the opening screen of the game is itself a puzzle. In order to open the app, you have to solve a puzzle to get into it. I've had this now for 15 days, still haven't figured it out. (laughs) So I can't properly review it for you, but um, I'm about to delete it. (laughs) You gave gave us a review of something. (laughs) I'm about to delete it because I'm like, all right, clearly I'm not going to do well. I can't even open it. (laughs) I I cannot solve level negative one. Basically, you're like um, my my parents who don't know how to turn the internet on. <laughs> Sorry. The BDG. This is a puzzle. No, Dad. You just gotta make sure that everything's on. In the chat, BDG says there's actually no game past the lock screen. So <laughs> that's all it is. Maybe maybe if that's true, I'll feel better about it. What a fun show! Oh, thank you, thank you, Josh, for hanging out with us uh, again. My pleasure. Uh, we we love chatting pop culture with you. Thank you for joining us, uh, whether it be live at the live show. Sif Pop is live every Friday at noon central uh, on Mixler, Mixler.com for more information on that, or in podcast and subscribe to Sift Pop at iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, or whatever podcast feed that you use. And as we push towards our live show, November 20th in Springfield, Missouri at Classic Rock Coffee, please go to iTunes and review our podcast. You can review Shoe the Dough or Sif Pop or both. <laughs> Give a star rating and actually like leave a comment so people kind of know what the feel of the show is like. That would be much appreciated because specifically on iTunes, it actually makes a huge impact on our podcast. That's it. Now we just got to go take out the trash. No. If you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Grab your bat. (laughs) Thanks, guys. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.